Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, Emmy fans. It is Michelle Williams, who is overdue for a peer group award. Come on, Hollywood. Versus Patricia Arquette, who has swept the derby so far in this race for best TV, movie, mini, or actress. Who's going to win? I'm Tom O'Neill of Gold Derby here with Joyce Seng. Daniel Montgomery, Susan Wazena, and we're going to get to the bottom of this. Susan, you first. Uh, Patricia Arquette has won the, already for this role, the Golden Globe, the SAG Award, Critics' Choice, and she was out front initially in our predictions and odds of Gold Derby, but boy, she has now, uh, Michelle Williams has pulled ahead, just counting the experts' predictions, 13 for Michelle, 9 for Arquette. Is, is this... Finally, Michelle's, uh, and let, let, let's explain too, Michelle's never won an Oscar, never won a Golden, uh, she won a Golden Globe, but she hasn't won SAG Award, she hasn't won an Emmy, in other words, her peers. Well, this is her second time fulfilling uh, the role of a Hollywood legend, because she was great in Maryland. Yeah, she, she won the Globe. Right, but I think this is someone that people don't know. And she is filling in the blanks in her life and so beautifully. And what I love is, you know, Bob Fosse, the other half of the equation, I mean, he himself made a movie about his life. You know, it was kind of semi-autobiographical. But people know about his flaws and how he popped pills and drinking and womanizing and just, you know, basically, you know, killed himself to be a showbiz legend, but one version, you know, back in the day, if, if you, you know, knew anything about Broadway back then, then she was, queen. She was wonderful, but, you know, she's working with material that isn't familiar and she's got to do a lot of the effort of making her compelling because we don't already think that of her. A lot of people are watching this. But, you know, the fact that both she and Sam Rockwell pull off just the choreography so well and that, you know, you don't think of them as musical stars, but they they act like it. I mean, she fulfills it perfectly. When you see her with the red hair and she looks like, when Verdon without imitating her, it's not makeup, it's not, she's inhabiting her. And what I like about it is that as much as she's abused, abused by her husband and used for her talent and her ideas without getting credit, she also isn't a saint, you know? And I think too much you have the long suffering, 
you know, wife and all that. And she's not that. She stands her ground against them and she wants to do Chicago on Broadway and damn it, they're going to do it. And if it kills them, so be it. And <laughs> I love that, you know. And she also has this one song she sings. Um, oh, I'm going places, whatever. That it's so sad because everything is like falling apart. You know, he has Anne Reiking, a younger actress, to be his new paramour, and she has this other guy. But you know, they're never. You know, they never divorce. They're never going to leave each other because it's more than just a marriage. And it's just such, you know, an interesting combination of emotions being played out on top of having the glitz of a showbiz backdrop. I mean, it's just such a perfect role for her. And I, I was a little skeptical before seeing it because I never saw her as a singer, dancer, whatever. But she she nails it every time. It's perfect. So I think, yes, Patricia Arquette, I like her. She's a great actress too, but she has an Oscar, so she has an Emmy. Yeah, she has some Emmys, but but I think um, I I feel more compelled to pick Michelle just because this is a, a rare chance for her to do this, but not just in movies, but on a in a really well produced show that you know really does put her you know one-on-one -on -one with her partner in, in showbiz. So I, I just think um, it, it's, it's hers to lose. Joyce, why Michelle now? Um, so I initially had Michelle in third before the show even premiered, because it was like Patty and Amy Adams for Sharp Objects. And then as I watched the screeners, they only released like four or five episodes at first. I was like, Michelle is really good, but I don't know if she can beat Patricia but I still moved up to two. And then after the screener for the seventh episode, which is uh, based around the production of Chicago came in, I watched it, I was like, like, I'm not gonna curse, but I was like, holy, like, I think she can actually win. And I moved her up, like, she is so good in that episode. She's great, they're both great in the whole series, but she, like Susan said, she just becomes Gwen Bird and she embodies her so much. And like, if you haven't watched it yet, just, listen to her voice because Gwen Verdon had a very distinctive speaking voice, not just singing voice. Like she has these like weird inflections and Michelle did an interview with uh, Vulture talking about like her process and she worked with the dialect coach and talked to Nicole Verdon, their daughter about how her mom spoke and stuff. And it's, it's like, she just totally becomes her. But in that episode, she sings and dances and then she undergoes vocal cord surgery and so she had to drop out of Chicago and Liza Minnelli replaces her. And right after she has surgery, Bob calls her and says like, oh, Liza got better reviews. And she, obviously she's not supposed to speak, but then she lays into him without ever raising her voice because she just had surgery. And the way her, she like modulates the deterioration of her voice, like breaking down, it's it's so great. Like I, I can't do justice describing it. You just have to watch that scene. and. And then she said, like, she came up with that herself. Like, this is the kind of, like, narrative that people love to hear. <laughs> like, she came up with how to craft, you know, her voice disappearing by herself. But it's it's just such a, a great piece of, like, technical ability that she did. And, yeah, she's just great throughout the whole show. And if you were 
like online at all, like while the show was airing, like there, like the show, like the ratings weren't on fire, like maybe like, you know, OJ or like Big Little Lies or anything, but like there was, as the show aired, there was just so much like Twitter adoration for her and her performance. Cause I think people just finally saw like how good she is. And like Susan said, like no one like knows about Gwen Verdon right now. Like, you know, she's, she's a, she's a legend in the theater world, but like, you know, like in the bigger sphere of entertainment, no one really knows about her. So, and and that was like why they wanted to do the show to like give her her due. So I, and I, it kind of like dovetail with Michelle's arc too, since she's never been awarded by her peers. So it's like, we have someone who's underappreciated in our time, Gwen Verdon, finally getting recognized. And you can finally have Michelle who's been under rewarded in her time getting recognized. So I, I had, I moved her in first, like I'm, I'm not confident that she'll win, but like, I feel good about it. And, you know, like we said, like I, I'm, Patty already has an Oscar and an Emmy. What's your, so flip this, what, what would be your Patty argument? Because Patty uh, Arquette is, um, um, she's not a very sympathetic character in, in Danimore, of course, but she has her vulnerable moments on screen. Oh yeah, no, she's fantastic in that. And I love how she plays it so uninhibited. Unhi unhi um, like she just like doesn't, it's it's just there's no vanity in that performance. Yeah. Whereas like there there is vanity in Michelle's, but like that's what the role demands. You know, it's like hard to compare. But like Tilly, it's just she. That's that's like performance where it's like someone who just like understands that character so well. It it's it like fits her like a glove. You know, like I feel like like obviously it required a lot of work, but I feel like she almost understood it so well that it was effortless for her. Oh, that's a bad argument. <laughs> You could do better yeah, she's than that. No, she's great in it. And you can, you, there is effort in it, obviously. But I, I just think those two, like, I understand why people love Patty's and I understand why people love Michelle. So, I I mean, honestly, I'm fine if either of them wins. My question to you is, I'm going to be really rough on you here. Do you understand why she won the Globe? The oh, stag, of course. Yeah, the, that's okay. exactly why she won the Globe over Amy Adams. <laughs> Okay. See, I don't think sharp objects. I tried to watch that. I like Amy Adams a lot, but I did not like that. Our opinions don't matter, Susan. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Who cares but, whether we like it or not? I have to say that same episode where she loses her voice. There's a. I love these moments. These are my favorite moments in the show when they recreate how the genius came out between her and Bob Fosse, and they had to add of its song to Chicago and it's nowadays and it just is wonderful. I mean, you feel like you're really watching them do it, sing it for the first time. And, you know, I, I covered the movie Chicago. It wasn't as goosebumpy as it was when she did it with whoever plays Cheetah Rivera. I don't know, but, <laughs> but it, it, it it has so many facets to that performance. You know, I don't deny Patricia. There are, there are so many facets to Arquette's performance, for example. The one what are you picking? Well, I'm predicting Michelle, but I'm, I think we're underestimating. I think we're just really, we're all on this. I don't think anyone's Michelle. underestimating Patty, if anything, people are underestimating Michelle, because Patty's already won stuff. Like, right. she's the favorite. Right. Okay, so there is a lot of complexity to her role. I think one of the the, the, the shining moments in the in this series is uh, when 
she's tried to drug her husband. I mean, she's been terrible to her husband. She's cheated on him. She all these horrible things. And then when she's being arrested by the police, you know, she has this wonderfully poignant moment where she says, reminds him to take the dinner out of the oven. And the <laughs> I mean, just so wonderful and shading. And, and Joyce is so right. She inhabits the role. It, it doesn't look like acting at all. She's just, it's, uh, Daniel, pipe in here. Um, I'm current. I still have Patricia in first place um, in my predictions. I, I wonder if it's also uh, about just sort of exposure and attention. Um, you know, Patricia Arquette getting in, in this age of peak TV when there's so much television out there, the fact that Patricia Arquette already has a track record having won the Golden Globe, SAG Award, Critics' Choice Award, when this show was just coming out, Dan Moore was just, had just happened. Um, that gives her like momentum that, um, and, and the show was, was well rated. So we know a lot of people watched it. Um, the ratings for Fosse Verdon haven't been as strong and Gwen Verdon isn't as well known a quantity. Um, so I think it really depends on how fully the Emmy voters embrace Fosse Verdon as a whole. I can see that the, the which, which show will they relate to more? I mean, certainly no business themselves. <laughs> certainly Fosse Verdon, but you know, I mean, I'm not sure that's always going to be the deciding factor. Yeah, I mean, but when it's at know. this level and the talent that went behind the scenes, I mean, there are great people involved. Doing oh, you can say that about uh, Dan Susan. You're rooting for for Fosse Verdon. That is a remember. That's a uh, pitfall know, for all of us. Emotions are taking over. <laughs> Don't let that happen. We have to be callous, <laughs> heartless uh, pundits. And Daniel's got such a good point here, which is that, look, th these three past wins in the minds of the voters, they've seen her on stage after stage after stage with that award. And uh, often that just Automat they automatically check her off. She's an Oscar winner. Her name begins with letter A, It's probably, uh, which helps on the ballot sometimes. But uh, or actually, there may be reverse voting in this case too. And then Williams voting. might get a, a bump <laughs> right. from that too. Uh, Amy Adams and Patricia Arquette are back to back on the ballot. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Really good news for Amy Adams because she could get, she could get like a little bit of a piggyback off her for the nomination. I, I still when... feel like they should have released, uh, released Sharp Objects last year because <laughs> well, last year the the limited race was so much weaker, and she could have won that Emmy. So you don't think she can win this time? What if they? What, what about this vote splitting we always talk about? Because the voting's different now than the old days. I just I I feel like everyone was ready. Like it's just like Daniel said. Like Patty has the momentum. Like that's why she's the favorite. Because um, at the beginning of this year, everyone was ready to give Amy Adams trophies for shop objects, and it was Patty who won them. And then they just tied a Critics' Choice. Um, so I, yeah, like Danamora in general has, has more support we've seen than Sharp Objects. Like it also won VGA for Ben Stiller over Jean-Marc Vallée. Um, and also if you, if you look at, I, uh, we haven't talked about limited series yet, but like that phrase, like let's do that. Sharp, going. Sharp let's... Objects, it's the only one that's fictional. <laughs> like everything oh. else is based on a true story. Well, let's in, talk in about our top five. Limited series, let's switch to that now because uh, the current experts' votes are seven for Danamora, seven for When They See Us. Uh, Fosse Burton has three, and I think uh, uh, what it's got going for it is the names and the title. Often that's very, very, um, especially these big showbiz names, appealing to Emmy voters. 
And then the big surprise, Chernobyl is literally a rumbling volcano. Uh, it's about to blow uh, or a nuclear blast. It is, uh, there's this momentum for this. Keep talking, limited series, what's going on here? Um, I think everyone had Denimore number one because of how it did earlier this year. But then last month, we just had two big ones drop, Chernobyl and <laughs> When They See Us. So I think I think a lot of people haven't updated the prediction, so you should expect those two to move up more. <laughs> Lazy people are the yeah. <laughs> that's that's why the odds are skewed. Um, yeah, I have Chernobyl and When They See Us in my top two, and like they're both really well done shows and successful in very different ways. Um, and I think I think people kind of expected When They See Us to be good. You know, just because like people are more familiar with the story. Not that people are unfamiliar with Chernobyl, but it was just kind of like you said, it was like a sleeping giant. And HBO just mm -hmm. premiered it on a Monday, like they're doing Monday programming now, and it just slowly built. And if you if you watch it, it's so well done, so well directed. Even like the the scenes that did not happen in real life, like at the trial, like it's you understand the decisions that Craig Mason, the writer director, made. Um, and it's it's the highest rated show on IMDb, which is also skewed, but still, it's like like no one would have predicted that, you know? Yeah, I think the thing with Chernobyl is that like when they see us, we we saw it coming, no pun intended, yeah. um, because <laughs> it had the prestige of the story. It had Netflix. It had Ava DuVernay as a known quantity. She's already a two-time Emmy winner for her documentary Thirteenth, an Oscar nominee, and, and um, being part of. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and but Chernobyl, you know, people weren't really, it didn't look like it would necessarily, it didn't have the pedigree in the same obvious way that, that When They See Us does. So when it premiered, you know, it's like, oh, Jared Harris and Emily Watson and Stellan Skarsgård are in this. And those are prestigious actors, but not necessarily like Emmy, like darling actors who get in all the time. Jared Harris had a uh, you know, nomination for Mad Men. But, you know, so when people actually started watching it was when, it started creeping up. It's like, oh, this is not just good. This is not just kind of a docudrama. This is really great. Um, and both Chernobyl and When They See Us have the benefit of feeling very current, even though obviously they're both period stories. And very important. Yeah, taking place. Actually, the, the period stories both take place sort of like in the late 1980s. Um, but, you know, and they both feel current because uh, you know, when they see us because of the Trump connection, uh, he, he, you know, advocated for the Central Park Five to be killed, to be executed. Uh, he still, you know, to this day says, oh, they were they were really guilty, um, you know. And so you have that aspect of it with, you know, the criminal justice system in general. And then Chernobyl is basically an, a climate change allegory where they're showing you this story about this, this uh, environmental disaster that, you know, threatened literally an entire continent of lives. Um, and, you know, you have this one government that's more concerned with saving face and maintaining the status quo than in actually fixing the problem. So in that way, both of those feel like right now kind of, uh, uh, miniseries. And the fact that they came so late, uh, it's just a matter of whether enough members of the Academy saw it, uh, them in time to vote for them. Uh, cause you know, one is five, actually they're both around five hours long. Um, so, you know, that's the only question is, is, is how, how late is too late to, to get the Emmy nominations. But Susan, uh, uh 
the Fosse Verdon has, uh, it's about show business. These people are in show business who are voting and it has those names in the title. And sometimes if you're just, you know, just checking off a ballot, your eye goes to that. Uh, this is a strong category with so many front runners. Um, I, I think everybody but you and me are underestimating Fosse Verdon, right, to win here. Yeah, but again, my emotions are a play. What's the actual nominations? I'm gonna, you know, get down the and nominations. Hear. Yes, but do you think Fosse Verdon can win? Yes, I, I see a path for that. I think it's an outside chance. I would say if you think the names in the title are the key to success, I would rewind a couple of years to <laughs> out feud Betty and Joan. <laughs> out, out, out. Oh, there's no big little lies this year, okay? Yeah, I mean, true. There's no big little lies, but big little lies. You know, I mean, I, I think I think Chernobyl and when they see us both have the potential to be potentially that. Maybe not that big, but you know. They... Yeah, this this race is very crowded, and there's no like obvious front runner like in past years. Like last year, it was kind of weak, but like Versace was default anyway. But this year, it's so crowded, and there's gonna be a lot of worthy shows that don't make the cut. So, yeah, I think we're gonna see a lot of shows underperform and under overperform in this category, and that's. I will also say, Bossy Burden has the currency of showing what men do to women who deserve equal credit in what they have achieved. And yet she, I mean, she allowed herself to be in the background until she couldn't anymore, you know? And I think that echoes too, even though it's a showbiz couple that it happens in life. And, and that's something that is of concern right now too. So even though it happens back in the 60s or 70s, <laughs> I think that's um, something to hang on. We, we, let's cover, uh, before we wrap here, uh, the actor race. Mahershal Ali, uh, true detective, recent you know, double Oscar winner, all this stuff. We just had him as the inevitable front runner here forever. But uh, we've got Sam Rockwell rising in the, uh, in, in the, in the, in the game. And we have uh, poor Hugh Grant. <laughs> uh, uh, who uh, I say poor because he's been dismissed, I think, in the past as kind of a commercial actor. And uh, those of us who've watched that show are like, whoa, he's, this is a performance of a lifetime for him and very, very powerful and uh, uh, oddly sympathetic for the horrible things he does. But uh, uh, who wants to pile in here? Is, is this really a lot for Mahershala? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> this is another crowded category. And I feel like everyone just put Mahershala in because it was, that was the only thing that had aired mostly at that time, like True Detective. And he had just won the Oscar. But I think you need to watch out for both Jared Harris and Jarrell Jerome. Like Jarrell's problem is just getting in. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, uh, Jarrell, um, he has like he's all and he's in the last episode that's the like he, he sort of doesn't have the most screen time from episodes one through three episode four is all him it's a feature-length episode that could be up for best tv movie and win it and he'd win best actor for that um so it's a matter of do our voters going to get to that episode soon enough to vote for it um and also he doesn't have like the 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 name recognition of a lot of his competitors who are like oscar winners emmy winners already um so that's going to be his big challenge. But if he gets in, he could absolutely win because we've seen in the last couple of years when they get in these not as 
seasoned actors, these younger actors uh, in these standout roles win, Riz Ahmed in The Night Of, and last year, uh, Darren Criss in Versace. So I think Jarrell getting in is the worst thing that could happen to any of these other actors. Ooh. Yeah. Susan, but you love Sam Rockwell. You think people are underestimating. Yeah, number two for now. But Who's your number one? Well, Mahershala Ali, but I don't even know. I didn't watch. I, I only watched the first season of True Detective. I couldn't stand the Vince Vaughn one, so I didn't give this one a try. But you know, <laughs> to be oh. honest, to be honest, but I don't know. I I didn't see people talking about it all that much. Like it, it, it's ever turned. It's better than season two, um, yeah, but it's just kind of been forgotten since it premiered yeah. in January, and it doesn't. I mean, the season one of True Detective also premiered in January, but it doesn't have the same heat because, like, it was still new right. back then with McConaughey yeah. and Woody. Yeah, and there was the McConaughey's. Yeah, and, and then they actually went drama that year instead of limited, and he lost. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, uh, I, I think you know because. Mahershala, when we opened our prediction center, he was the most known quantity. He had just won the Oscar. He had all that heat coming off of him. Um, he became sort of our front runner by default. And I think things slowing down uh, in terms of the buzz for that show, I would not be 100% surprised if he wasn't nominated. Um, I think I think there's a possible, like, again, this is an incredibly crowded category. You've yeah, got Jarrell Jerome yeah, and... Oh, but there are only five nominees. That's right. They're not. Uh, there's six for acting. Oh, there are. Um, so I think, I think he's still in there, but I think he's vulnerable. This category is so crowded. There's nowhere else, right? In the prediction center. I mean, nobody's... Yeah, it's not really predicted for best limited series anymore. It, it was it was in the, in the top five for a really long time, and then finally it fell out. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but Mahershala is still number one in actor. But yeah, yeah, you have like all, the, all these other like kind of like fringe contenders too, like Ian McShane for Deadwood, and like I, you know he he's been on it before, but like that movie was really Timothy Oliphant's movie. So, but I I feel like he's on like the lower end of getting in there. And then you have like Benedict Cumberbatch, who they just love to nominate every year <laughs> for Brexit. <laughs> and then okay, Peter Dinklage wrap too. Up we talked about Peter Dinklage for Game of Thrones. Oh, and oh he's, yes, he's uh, in, he plays he plays a real life showbiz figure. Uh, uh, the you know Hervé's uh, Villachans, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, from from Fantasy Island, and and that movie aired. So it feels like so long ago that I think a lot of people have forgotten it. But if if Emmy voters love Dinklage so much, I wouldn't rule it out. And they do, of course. Yeah, well, that's fascinating. Okay, it doesn't matter what we think out there, you guys watching and listening to this. It matters what you think because we want your predictions in the Prediction Center at Gold Derby. They matter. They affect our odds. Everybody in Hollywood is watching them. They get angst and ulcers over these odds. Help us terrorize Hollywood. Your predictions matter. Thanks. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.